Okay, we're all professional here. We've started. We're doing it live, right? We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> the first thing comes out of Ryan's mouth fuck is it. fuck it. <laughs> nice. We hadn't seen each other for like uh, a, an entire year, and I'm pretty sure that's the first thing you said to me. Wait, Just, me or Billy? Doesn't even work. You, you, actually, kind of both for you, to be honest. Billy's first words anywhere are "fuck something." <laughs> oh, that yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you remember the last time I met you, Matt? Or saw you? God, I can't yeah. remember. It, it's a while. Was it? Was it in like spoons or something when we crossed each other? It might. Was it? Maybe. <clears throat> was, was it before lockdown or during the weird summer? It was during that, the like, weird yeah. summer, I think. Ah, uh, okay. Well, not too, well, not too. I was gonna say not too long, but that's quite a long time. <laughs> not yeah. see someone. <laughs> oh my god! I actually, can't, I can't remember last year. Like, I can't remember the summer at least. Like well, I can remember the summer. I can remember. I can't remember anything else though, just because the summer was a little more eventful than the months yeah. at home. Because I mean, there's a big blur. I mean, all I did was just played a lot of video games, and to be <laughs> fair, that's all I'm still doing. So <laughs> I don't. I just spent my time drawing like as much hentai as I possibly could about. Ah, oh, nice. Some deviant pro art pro properties that no one actually knows. I'm trying to like hit that niche, you know? Like really niche, <laughs> like furry porn. Like Blue's Clues. It that? sucks that those guys make so much money. Literally, Matt, you, like, both of you, you're both artists. Why aren't you selling your stuff on like Rule 34 and DeviantArt? Because <laughs> all I ever well, draw uh, is like grotesque, like decapitated Mario drawings or like that's exactly being melted what they by want. acid. I was going to say, that's exactly what they want. <laughs> <laughs> Just give Peach massive feet. And like stinky toes. No, and I can't draw die feet. For it. Feet are hard. People don't realize how hard they are to draw. I'm sure there's like an online course you can. <laughs> an entire course dedicated to feet. Just get people to send you feet pictures. You're like one of those guys slipping into like girls' DMs, but you're actually doing it for artistic purposes. So, please, can you just send me pictures of your feet? It's nothing weird. I just want Can to I see draw those souls, them please. For, pe for other to, people to, to draw them over. and learn them, just so I can draw, <laughs> then draw deviant art. I want to learn every curve of your yeah. foot, every wrinkle. <laughs> oh. I want to do it from memory. <laughs> Give me your feet. <laughs> every bar every Veruca. Mm. Even the name, even the word. It's just, just is the gross. word. It is just gross. I I'm gonna right. I, I just don't type it in. I bet it's rank. <laughs> I don't. I'm gonna, up. I'm gonna type licking. No. Oh, oh, just the thought of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, baby. Oh my god. But Billy, you <laughs> like feet. I don't know what you're complaining about. Wait, wait. What do you, wait, 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 what do you mean? <laughs> you I like, like feet. feet. What do you <laughs> Billy. You say it like we have had this discussion about so many times. Have we? <laughs> I don't mind them. Different friend groups and situations. No, 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 you do not mind them. You love them. Okay? I'm what? sorry. This is character assassination. I mean, I don't remember ever saying this. What, what? Who doesn't? Sure. Oh, go on. I, mean, I don't mind them. <laughs> I'm sure there's audio evidence somewhere mm. to 
Mm. We're gonna catch you one day, slip in. <laughs> We're gonna bring bring in Chris Hansen. <laughs> Please sit down. What are your intentions tonight? Oh, nothing, man. I got. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just drawing some feet, dude. <laughs> I just wanted to draw your daughter's feet, man. <laughs> it's acceptable. She's 13 years old. Oh, I'm so sorry. But she does have nice feet. Let me see that picture again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen up, gang. This is the inaugural episode of. Wait, is this the intro? This this will be. I mean, let's be honest. We've already done a, a, a cracking intro. We've done an intro that sets the stage for one of the greatest films of all time. Well, I don't think there's any feet in this film. There's no, there's no bare. Actually, um, no, there is I, bare feet. Yeah, I was gonna say I rewatched it uh, today just for this, and there are definitely feet. Mm, well, I can't wait to get into that. But um, yeah, this this is just going to be a nice little. You know, we're all comfy. Well, aside from you, Matt, you, I mean. Well, you look like you're, li- you're living in Alaska, and you're going to go out and cut some trees. Like out. you do look I, like you're. <laughs> you I look like do. at the end of uh, Dexter. If anyone's seen that, <laughs> that I no have one not. wanted to watch the end of Dexter. Uh, that's the problem. Uh, well, that's I'm only like that because I have to sit at my desk to record these, and I can't get comfortable when I'm talking to mm. people. No, that's that's a good point, actually. I think, like, yeah, but your chair's relatively nice, aside from the uh, the weird, like, it's not. It's can you bro- still do the thing where you lean? Can you still? Lean I actually managed to fix it. Um, I had to yeah, duct tape it, but it, it, it's better. <laughs> nice, professional fixer. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's fixed. <laughs> oh. But I, I don't know about you. I, I find half the time, like, I'll be on my chair for like an hour and then i've swapped to being on my knees that's not like any weird Wait, what do you mean <laughs> yeah, well, weird. well you perch on your are chair you, are you like on... a parrot on your knees <laughs> no, yeah, that's what I was no not on the chair no like i move the chair away and then i kneel on the floor that's even weirder that is even weirder <laughs> and what's even worse is that like from that angle i'm like looking up at the at the screen like, yeah it's like a pov yeah. shot but I remember your like computer is broken anyway, so it's tilted down. So that kind of works for you. Well, you broke your Mac. I think I know the screen's cracked, but Matt Matt can probably tell the story of how I broke it. Um, oh. God, this was, do you want me this to was, tell this now? This was two, like two weeks after. I... <laughs> you want to tell this now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want to get this into was, it. Oh, this was so long ago as well. Yeah, this thing's like uh, this is a 2012 Mac. Okay, that's how. That's cool. That's an old boy Mac. I'll kind of, I just I did kind of want want a Mac because we use them at uni and they're quite nice, overpriced, mm-hmm. but they are nice. Very overpriced. overpriced. But but yeah, get one, Bill. Or <laughs> find like a knockoff version, like your yeah. like your headphones. My headphones. <laughs> Every fucking uni student I know uses like a MacBook, and yeah. none of them actually need it. And nope. It really annoys me. They just use it for like Word. Yeah. Yeah. Like okay. Or notes. Idiots. Like I have a, sh- a quite a, a sh- can I swear? Is that all right? We yeah. said fuck about fifteen times. Already. That's true. Yeah, we that's opened the, recording. We true. opened this saying fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, I have some shitty because I didn't know this. When you're buying a laptop, you you have to go really expensive because all the mid range and the the like the cheap ones they're all shit. No matter what you get, you have to go expensive. Otherwise, you're gonna have shit. So I spent French quid on it, and it's just awful. It's the slowest yeah. thing. My phone is quicker. My phone is quicker than my laptop. <laughs> 
What, it's that shit. What yeah. is it? It's a HP. I thought it'd be good. Maybe it could be a virus. I don't know. Ooh. But <laughs> I'm really, it's, from day dot, it's been the worst. It's, I, I feel like the problem is, is that like for me at least, like HP always just meant like printers and the printers that never worked. Like uh, we used to have a HP computer, um, like a family computer. And I remember like watching, actually, this is a story for another time, but <laughs> when like me and my mate, like, well, he, he literally just typed in boobs onto uh, like the original version of Google and all the pop-ups on my screen were just, and he, no word of a lie in the house we had back then, there was a window at the top. It was like the front room of the house and it had like a bay window. And there was a big, the, the window at the top you could open outwards. And he was really tall and lanky, but super skinny. And all this stuff started popping up. Mum and dad were going to be back any second with like a, a prebubescent mat. And he just bolts out the top window. <laughs> he like, like the blob, he like slivered through the fucking, the top of it and left me. I'm just imagining like so a So I held down the like power button. Rope. Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> I held down the, the, the power button and obviously it went, it turned off and I was like, phew, like wiped Ooh. my brow of sweat, went upstairs, <laughs> pretended nothing happened. And then of course, daddy comes in later and has a, a little big, sit down chat with me. Big daddy. <laughs> Wait, you really didn't uh, like go back to it, be like, oh God, maybe it's still on there or whatever. Yeah, just in case. Delete, delete the you know, history. Look, I was like 25, okay? This this was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, like, I, I didn't think. I just assumed that because I turned the whole thing off, it would have reset everything. But obviously, the second they turned it back on, automatically, Google popped back up and whatever was on uh, it appeared. Uh, but, I don't know. Yeah, but you need to invest in something. That's I, a, no, I know, I do, I do. I bought a, a Microsoft Surface Pro, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I don't know, it must have been two weeks or so after the um, warranty ran out, it just stopped working. It just decided not to turn on ever again. I can't charge it. It just makes this clicking sound every time I turn it on. I took it to a guy. He didn't know what to do. And it's just sat near me now. Like, And that was like 800 quid. What was the point? You just, you just still got it? You haven't like tried to, I don't know, return it or whatever or... well no i can't return it i need i need to get it fixed or just bin it oh spare parts <laughs> that's right Ooh. you need Some... to get fixed yeah I mean, somehow i mean i'm pretty I... sure there's some dodgy stuff on there as well but if i spend like a tenner on something and it doesn't work or it's broken or whatever i get fucking You're pissed, pissed. <laughs> <laughs> what would you spend a tenner on that just wouldn't work what are you buying um I don't know, like a charger. Fair point. I think I can't expect it from the cheap buy chargers or like yeah. headphones. You can get headphones. headphones I, I think these headphones are about a tenner. They've they've actually lasted quite a long time, but I just expect them to die every other month because <laughs> they're cheap. Have they got like the you know where they're like coming apart grotesquely at one end or the other? No, not yet. Actually, Do you know what? they're actually holding out quite well for being in my pocket mm. all day, every day. I mean, obviously sitting on them and. God knows what else. They're quite good. Yeah, just, another you know. fetish. <laughs> Sitting on headphones. <laughs> oh. All right, let's. Yeah, isn't this about isn't this about films? <laughs> we were supposed to talk about films, but well, look, you're you're the uh, you're the, the special guest 
Um, we, you know, I'll use your real name Thank for you. this just so that people can. They use my Discord name. Use my I, Discord I'm name. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Why? It's no, because it's a nice one. I've changed it because I thought just in case it was in the video, I've made All it right, nicer. Can you, can you pronounce it? Trip toilet. Ah, what, what, what does that <laughs> it's, mean? It's my name backwards. <laughs> That's all it is. How did I not see that? Very, very <laughs> smart. Isn't oh, that clever? Oh, I, got, I got baby brain today. I have a because you you um accepted my invite like half an hour ago, and I was staring at it for ages. I was like, wait, is this is this Billy or is this someone who was just like hacked? Then I noticed the little logo, and I, I was like, I know that bullsack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. That is mine. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good old time. Uh, I think I've got. I've seen your balls more than like my own by the <laughs> in photographic format. People just ask to see them. It's not my fault. I mean, unless <laughs> some sort of animal, or some sort of flasher, they just ask to see them. So you know, they and come out. That's true. That's really that's cool true. of you to honest. Thank you. Such Thank you. I'm very accommodating. <laughs> People of all tastes from all cultures. Yeah. All right. So this podcast is going to be about discussing topics that we're either passionate about or th- things that we want to just go through, like a nice little sit down, go into a bit of detail, something a bit more serious, even though we haven't really given anyone that impression so far. Mm. This has mm. been... <laughs> but today we're going to be talking about Alien. The 1979 Ridley Scott directed movie. Now we've got some general th- uh, like facts here that you know we should go through. Um, as I said, directed by Ridley Scott. Now the only things he had really done before this was a bunch of advertisement. Like that was like his main stay um, from when he came out of doing a, like a bunch of apprenticeships and stuff, and he ended up getting into. A, a bunch of advertisements, music videos, and then he did The Duelists, which, hands up if you've seen that. I mean... My the camera isn't on, but my hand is down. Yeah, my <laughs> hand is down. <laughs> is it a short film or still a feature? Or... It's, a fe- it's a feature. Um, people say it's pretty it. good, but yeah, no, I I don't really know. I don't know if it's something to do with like like medieval sword fighters, or if it's like... I, I, ma- I imagine not... it's like, you know how like Stanley Kubrick has films that he did like before any of his big ones, but no one actually cares about them. They just pretend yeah, that they like do. Yeah, fear and desire. Yeah. Or the killing, yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the kind of like hipster thing, isn't it? Where it's like, well, you're not a true fan because you haven't seen The Duelists by Ridley Scott. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like only work. It's so much better. Oh my god. So untainted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It mostly it... never is. Yeah. I mean, sometimes yeah. you get a direct where it's the debut is good but even then their debut is good just because it's their first film not because it's generally a good film it's mm-hmm. good for exactly. do you know what I mean yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. not necessarily like I watched as I said before I texted you in the week I've seen Jean-Luc Godard's first film Breathless and it's a good film but it's good because it's his first film not because it's his best it's, film was Breathless yeah I suppose because film? you're do you know what I mean yeah because you're, you're essentially you're judging it based on maybe it wasn't Later, Paul. No, it's definitely. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's his first film. His first feature, at least, I think. Mm. I don't know. I could be wrong. Oh, I don't know. Oh. Well, but, yeah. So, yeah, directed by Ridley Scott. Uh, written by. Now, the, the weird thing about this is that it was actually written by two people uh, Walter Hill, 
and David Geiler. Um, the thing is, they went. They wanted to be uncredited for this, but there's no sources as to what the reason for that was because one of them was already a producer, like a small-time producer, and one of them was a writer. Uh, Walter Hill went on to like write things like, well, he wrote like Alien 3 and similar horror film, Brewster's Millions, uh, which is a great film, by the way. Um, but then David Garland did basically nothing. He just produced a bunch of shit that no one knows apart from Alien, and then he died last year. So, rip in nice. peace. Um, <laughs> nice. What a way to bow out. <laughs> Do something good, then strip yeah. all your career, then die. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, that's how to go. Can I ask, are you looking at the um, at the IMDb trivia page right now? No, I've, <laughs> I've got a document open. Oh. Got that he copied right. from the IMDb <laughs> trivia page. <laughs> it doesn't matter where I got my sources, guys. Um, this is hard. Ev- this is hard research I've done for a week straight. Um, <laughs> the <laughs> the st- the story was con- where well, the story itself was conceived in the characters by Dan O'Bannon, um, who actually did. I don't know if we're going to talk about this much, but he provided the screenplay for Dark Star, which was yes. John, John Carpenter's first. Which it's funny because I remember hearing about Dark Star when I was like trying to get into Alien, like back in the day, and I was like, "Oh my god! Like I can't wait to see this. This has got to be like the predecessor <laughs> to this ultimate horror piece." And then you watch it, and it's like an absolute com- comedic farce. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's like Spaceballs, but um, no, I, he also did stuff like Total Recall. Again, oh, did, cool. did he do uh, any of the other Alien movies? So the thing is, he's credited, but it's like characters by, based uh-huh. on a story, based on a, a world by kind of thing. Because, yeah, okay, I did look at IMDb for that, but um, yeah, all of his credits, I was like, shit, did he actually do like Aliens, Alien 3, blah, blah, blah. But no, he's just credited, and he will be forever kind yeah. of thing. Um, again, distributed by 20th Century Fox, who... It was shopped to them, you know, for about... It, it, the turnaround for this was really quick, which is actually kind of crazy. Like, I think it, the script was actually complete in 1978, and obviously the film released in 79, which is insane. Budget of $11 million, and grossed about $106 million. Again, that's kind of insane. For the time. But... Oh, $106 million. Oh, okay. Uh, I, thought you, I, thought, I thought you said like just 100, what, 1.6 million. I was thinking, that's nothing. <laughs> really? For a, for, a, for a film of its magnitude, I was thinking, what? 11 million <laughs> budget, 106 pounds 50. Yeah. I was thinking, oh, I was fucked. Now, do you have the exact figures of inflation of what that would be? Because that's pretty important. It's um, definitely not important, and we're going to just keep going. So, obviously, we're going to get into the stars of this film. Now, I almost feel like we've cursed something. Uh, because I wanted to do this film in particular, and I, I messaged you both about it. Yeah. And then what happens a day no, exactly. after Parker... I know exactly what happened, because I was going to mention it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this was so fucked. Right. This is fucked. This is, like... Parker. I generally sat up at night, like, what? Like, did we... Did I do this? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, we'll start with Parker, played by Yafet Koto. Cotto, I'm not entirely sure how to. I don't want to destroy this this dead corpse's name, but um, what? yeah, I I don't know. Like, what's your kind of like? 
in terms of his character, like the character of Parker and who he is, like, what's your guys' thoughts on? He's, I think him? he's he's definitely the most entertaining character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like in he's even, a bit of comic relief. Yeah, but he's not like over the top <clears throat> comic or anything. It's just how he is. Yeah, exactly. Like he's not because he, him and Brett that we'll get onto, like they are the like kind of most relatable like the blue collar workers mm-hmm. like the jokes they talk about it's like you know they keep going on about oh you know are we gonna get the same share as everyone else yeah. and it's like no we're not but yeah no i mean he was in like live and let die as like um a villain and, and stuff he's in loads of stuff and he was always like super charismatic like mm. the running man as well um, yeah, that's another yeah. one he's in loads of stuff yeah it is a shame um I think he was. I think he's eighty nine, maybe. Was eighty? <laughs> no, he is. He's he's still decomposing. Matt. Oh, oh. <laughs> sorry, you couldn't cut this bit. <laughs> sorry, we don't. Two days. <laughs> we don't stop counting until he's in the ground. <laughs> Look, the thing is, he survived by like fifteen kits. He's he. You know, he did good. Oh wow! My yeah. man, you know, he was he was shooting his shots. Literally, his milky shots. Um, so yeah, I, I just thought like he's quite an interesting character to bring up because, I mean, you think of, I I know it's like such a typical thing nowadays to be like inclusion and all that kind of stuff, which I don't really want to get into because that's such a twenty twenty one mindset and. But it's a huge topic as well. Like yeah, yeah, yeah it's too, it, and it was just like derail, but. Even back then, like this was like, I I found like an interview with him where he was like, um, I just he was like, yeah, I know what's gonna happen. Like I'm gonna die. That's fine. Blah blah. I, like I know how this works. But then when, even though he does, he was like, uh, you know, everyone else does, and I go out like a hero kind of thing, like trying to save someone else. Obviously, that doesn't really work out because she. Um, we'll get into that. That's a whole other disgusting rapey topic. But anyway. Um, <clears throat> we'll come back to Yafet Koda because <laughs> there was a few unpublished interviews that went out like today and yesterday, which were kind of interesting, like shedding some light on some of the stuff later. But yeah, uh, so next we have Harry Dean Stanton as Brett. Now, do you guys recognize him from like a bunch of stuff? I who's what the blue of a blue collar guy yeah. in the cap, the mm. other like engineer one. Oh, yeah. I do. He, they just read me. He is in Paris, Texas, Wim Wenders' yeah. film. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. oh, come on. I didn't even make the relationship, that connection to just then. Oh, mm. yeah. He is a man who has always looked old. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I think he was in Green Mile as well, maybe. He was. He was the one that uses the, as the routine. Like, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Another one. He, um, I don't, he... Sorry, to, to me, he looks like, uh, <laughs> you know, in um, in Friends, the like weird neighbor they have in like the start oh, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, yeah. He plays all those like weird characters in shows. He looks like that guy. <laughs> he does. Yeah. He actually does. There's probably a bunch of people that look just like that. Probably. But yeah, he he was. I mean, at the time, I, I don't really know. I don't think he did. He was definitely known. He was probably out of all of these. 
like in terms of American audience, he was definitely like the big one, which is kind of strange considering his role is such a like. I I wouldn't say minimal, but he's not exactly. I mean, he's there as the catalyst to like be killed by the adult alien as we first see it, kind of thing. Mm. But he was in so much stuff. Like I think he was in like Gunsmoke and and stuff like that. You know, like proper big primetime television shows and like. Yeah. It's, it's strange in like looking at it now that he saying before the film like before the film he was the, almost the big star of it now we've obviously Johnny Weaver and I can't remember his name the person who has the alien inside him yeah very famous actor uh, I can't remember his name but like you would consider those two now the mm. biggest from that film it's just it's interesting isn't it that changes yeah it's strange like uh, that's the thing like you would never be able to kind of you could read articles about like the audience reception of like like, we all know all this stuff about, like, when it first came out and the kind of reception it had then, but you don't ever hear the sort of lead-up to it. Like, nowadays, it's like, remember the hype going into this and blah, blah, blah. But back then, like, there's nothing you can really pick out other than maybe some articles that were, like, from film critics being like, oh, I can't wait to see Alien. But it's like, I wonder what people thought going into it because I don't even know who had, like, I don't think anyone had top billing. I think that's the point. I think because it was just cool. It was just alien. Isn't that one of the things they did sort of intentionally, like leading up to it? They didn't <laughs> pick a specific character to be like the main one in marketing. Like, yeah. no one knew that, you know, Ripley or Sigourney Weaver was actually the main character in it. They yeah. all assumed it was like Kane or Dallas or one of the other ones. Or mm. Well, this is the thing, like, there were, I guess, interviews with cast members, but I guess most people were like, oh yeah, like we can't wait to see Harry Dean Stanton because we know him, he's been like part of our television lives like for a long time. Um, and then, you know, other people that we're gonna get into, like obviously we've got um, like Tom Skerritt is probably the second biggest at the time. Again, American, like huge kind of American star. But um, the next one I wanted to talk about is Veronica Cartwright, who plays Lambert. I fucking hated this character when I was young. <laughs> I muted. Every time she was, like, screaming, I was muting it. Yeah, it's the scene with, the, like, the... When she's saying, open the door, Ripley! And she's just yeah. screaming so, and screaming and just stay moaning and moaning. <laughs> but see, she's not nearly as annoying as, like, she could have been, though. No. Like, re-watching it recently, I was like, okay, maybe she's not that bad. Yeah, I think she suffered from... Who was the... Do you remember, right? Temple of Doom. The, uh, it, yeah. In Chicken these... Night. Oh, my God. Yeah, she, she was annoying. She she's was in awful. that? No, no, but I just mean, like, in terms of... Oh, yes, like, a female... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. She's just there to whine. <clears throat> Indeed! Yeah, constantly oh, moaning her ass off. Mm. Like that. One day, maybe we'll, we'll talk about those films at some point. I mean, I hate that. I hate that woman. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's. I we're we're not bashing on women. Women are. <laughs> that's a quote. <laughs> Clip that. <laughs> um, she was like unheard of. I think she was like. I don't think she. I don't know if she did anything of any note. I don't think so. So she was like the proper newcomer. Um, I think she did. She did audition for Ripley, 
obviously didn't get it, thank God. But um, <laughs> then they were like, you know what? We've got a character for you, love. As long as you don't mind getting piped by an alien. Potentially. <laughs> yeah. Was it in a casting audition? <laughs> right, we've got this idea for you. It's not, it's not the main role, but the, you get piped this, by an alien. We, we do need a... Oh. This uh, seven-foot-tall black man is going to aggressively <laughs> back you into a corner. <laughs> okay, I just want to be in movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, honey, you want to um, be in the big pictures now. You want to be in the pictures, don't you? <laughs> no, the, and the actual scene you have it's to about film what is... you do. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Ah, see? It's about what you do and who you blow. <laughs> Uh, uh, so next we have Ian Holm or Bilbo as literally anyone else yeah, knows him Bilbo. as he's Bilbo let's be honest or oh, Napoleon <laughs> <laughs> true which is a weird film yeah yeah. Uh... yeah like he's I know he's been in other stuff but mm. I don't care <laughs> <laughs> it's like Harry Potter syndrome I think like yeah. He's got it for mm. this and yeah, and Lord of the Rings. But I think back then he was just a, a big sort of stage actor. And the, the same with John Hurt. Like these two were like huge masters of their craft when it came to stage plays, which is quite interesting because I don't think, I think either of them, I, I think there's loads of like interviews and stuff where they had no interest in this at all. Until they were like kind of hunted down by Ridley Scott, and he was like, "Look, like I'm British as well. Like I know you guys. Like you're incredible. Like we need guys, to bring you. I'm British too. Don't worry about I'm it. It's British will be too. fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not the, I'm not one of these Americans. You can trust me, guys. Come on. I love fish and chips. <laughs> they they turn up to set, and all of the other actors are in like they've got like like um, cowboy hats on, Stetsons and, like and... revolvers, <laughs> Stetsons, <laughs> couple of six shooters, and man." <laughs> They've got, like, trousers with the fringe on. Nice yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's... He is... His performance specifically is, like, rewatchable to the point where you are looking for things at the very start of the movie to be like, where are the clues on the second, third, fourth, hundredth watch? Um... And it's super interesting. Like half of it, you know, wasn't planned necessarily in the shots, but you know, like when they're having dinner and breakfast, you watch and he doesn't really eat anything. And he keeps drinking this weird translucent white, white milky substance. And you see him do this a couple of times. And it's like, you know, there's a little hints here and there. And then you've got some little stuff where he's like, he gets prepped before they go out to the, to inspect the beacon. And he does that weird little sped up jog on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, it's so I mean, weird, but like his dedication to it, like he's menacing when he turns. I think there's other little bits that they do kind of well that are like sort of written into like the script. Like there's a quick little bit where Parker enters the room and mm. he's like, hey, can you get out of my seat? Or whatever yeah. it and he's just like, oh, uh, yes, of course. He's just very Why is he C-3PO? <laughs> I don't know how to do his relations. Hello. I know over 13 million languages. <laughs> I am also a Reddit moderator. 
<laughs> no, you're right. Like there, there are loads of cool little th- like traits, and like one of the bits for me that's like the most kind of sinister is when he's talking to the landing party going out and you know inspecting the ship with Kane, and Ripley is like, "I'm gonna go and bring them back," and obviously he cuts her off, and it's kind of tense, and you're like, you know, there's other intentions there but you don't quite know what because you kind of see him you see him not get bullied but like you were saying like parker is like yeah get out of my seat and he's so subservient to it you kind of feel bad for him it's kind of i don't know that di- like kind of dichotomy between them all is kind of strange but especially when you know his actual motivations well i don't even know if he has motivations he's an android yeah i yeah. mean I suppose before, like before it actually happens. I mean, he didn't have the motivations, but it's it's just funny seeing trying to spot when he, you know, the the, the non-human parts of his character and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's and like his fascination with the the being when it comes on, like the face hugger to begin with, and he's reluctant to do anything to damage it or harm it or. But he doesn't say it in too much... Like, if you were there, if you were part of his crew, you wouldn't think much of how he says things. It's like when... Um, when Dallas is like, we need to get this off of off of him, off of his face. And what, Ash is like, yeah, but I don't want to risk killing him. Like, you know, what if, what if we pull it out and he dies? He tries, but obviously the crew kind of take him over in a sense but I, I love the idea like i don't understand this is the one thing that I, I always think about was he hoping because they knew that there was some kind of organism that they would want Waylon Gitano. but was he supposed to get kane say for example back or whoever the host was going to be back into the cryogenic pods and back to earth back to the company um, or was he supposed to just let nature take its course? But then they'd be this creature will be running around on the ship, loose. Do, I'm, I'm trying to think. Did they ever like specifically say if he was originally sent out for the mission uh, to find this like weird life form, or if once they find what? it? Yeah, because I thought because I know that's the second one. It's intentional. But for the first one, wasn't it just by chance that they were brought out of hyperspace yeah. because the, the ship picked up the distress beacon on some unknown planet on their journey back from the, you know, like, current or that, or that mm. huge ship? <clears throat> this is the, this actually is a question that, like, it doesn't annoy me, but in Aliens, right at the start when they're sort of discussing Ripley's claims, obviously it's like a couple of hundred years later or whatever, and they specifically say something like, you know, in over a thousand surveyed worlds, we've never come across mm. an organism like that. And it kind of bums me out because it almost suggests that there, they know, there is other alien life. There's just nothing like this. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it is weird because I'm imagining that, like, Ash wasn't sent there for that purpose, but then this beacon came up and it, it pushed through a directive just to investigate any unknown thing. Well, yeah, I suppose yeah. in the androids... Bank, if we will in, in China, I suppose if there is anything like that, his his goal is then to 
you know bring it back intact so they can use it in some way i imagine imagine finding organic life somewhere is quite lucrative or yeah you know <laughs> yeah that's good yeah good point i guess we'll that's why it's so rewatchable because it's like you just don't know and there's not definitive answers to things which is kind of cool but that's why I, i'm kind of like wanting to take this as the film is like a standalone piece i know we've referenced like aliens and stuff but as its own thing without the answers being answered it's such a good contained like mystery as well um who else have we got right so <clears throat> we have john hurt we've kind of already mentioned again like kind of a proper english oh heavens oh i guess like Fierce raptor really... yes yeah yeah and he he's a i mean he's incredible aside from his role in um i, I feel sorry for him when i watch stuff like kingdom of the crystal skull and he's like <laughs> he what are you talking about that, that, great that, that is a great movie. <laughs> what about hellboy come on yeah come no, on, that's what i mean like he's <laughs> oh god he was in hellboy he was in Hellboy. Yeah. He was the the father in quotation marks to Holy um, to Hellboy. Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> He's someone who's like, I feel like anyone like any generation would recognize him. Whereas you can't really say that for the rest of, them, aside from maybe Sigourney Weaver. But even then, it's like, nah, you know. see, I would mm. say Sigourney Weaver is more iconic. Oh, definitely. But like, I think. If you think she is iconic, but say you spoke to someone who's of the TikTok generation and you showed them a picture, they'd probably be like, oh yeah, she was in that Avatar film until when I was a baby. No, Which she, is depressing, she, no. isn't it? <laughs> she, oh wasn't, she was the scientist, yeah. God, I would have been... She's, how old was hmm. Yeah. Can't wait for part two, three, and four, and five. Baby. Nobody cares. The world's moved on. We're not we're not guile, we're not beguiled by 3D gimmicks now. Society has society has moved past the need for an Avatar movie. It really has, <laughs> really, really has. We are we have become the Avatars <laughs> by this point. No, but by the time those films come out, we will be blue people. Yeah, they'll be dated because cool. we'll have more better technology. We'll actually look back and be like, that movie's kind of racist. I mean, <laughs> yeah. That movie yeah. is kind of racist. <laughs> and kind of reminds me of the Dozen Wolves or something. <laughs> Basically, oh yeah. Wolves. <laughs> Can, uh, do you remember that whole South Park thing about dances oh, with Smurfs? So it was oh, like, that's oh, a great no, bit. <laughs> oh, um, next we have Tom Skerritt as Dallas. So kind of said he's another American kind of star. And the funny thing is, he is billed from the shots that they use of him, from the narrative they kind of give him right from the start. The fact that he's the captain, essentially, he's given. You think he's going to be the hero? And that I love that about this film is that all the people going in to see this back then, did, who not knowing how it's going to play out, must have assumed he's the one. He's yeah. He's the Luke Skywalker. He you know he's the hero of this piece. And then no, sorry, it really sorry Tom Skerritt pals. Mm. Well, I think that's. <laughs> That's that's like, well, that's why I like Ripley's character so much because it's basically the inverse of that. Because at the start of it, you kind of think she's a bitch. Mm, exactly. Yeah, like not she's cold not the bad and... guy, but like, yeah, she's cold, like kind of ruthless. A like, job's worth, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's the th the thing, isn't it? Because like Lambert is constantly going against her, 
her decisions, like, you know, questioning her and... But yeah, I think, yeah, okay, look, we'll just move on to Weaver, because... Well, I was going to say, actually, one of the nuances that I didn't really think about, like like you said, I mentioned the audiences, the audiences back then, would presume the captain, being the protagonist, would be the hero. And that's a good nuance, because then, if you compare it to the Prometheus, that's probably why I don't... Prometheus, even though I like it's a film, you kind of predict, like, the captain being I just over, he, did, he does become a hero- heroic last stand kind of thing. So it's kind of it's less nuanced than Alien. Maybe that's one of the reasons why it's not as good. I think it's because they, it just isn't. Mm, it's just more actiony. They, they tried like to dead. do like sort of opposite of what Alien did, but that's just the normal thing a lot of movies yeah. would do. So yeah, it's a shame they tried didn't try and go for something a little more thought provoking instead of just oh my god spaceships aliens engineers blah. It was almost that saying of like it's as wide as an ocean but it's as deep as a puddle kind of thing where it's like yeah. <laughs> Ridley Scott clearly had some really interesting grand designs for Prometheus and what it would mean for the alien universe but it just ended up being another sci-fi action film which is fine because like the production design and stuff sells it but you're right like it just doesn't have any of the nuance and if it does it falls apart by the time it gets to like the last what for 45 minutes i mean basically the, the second that the two women are running in a fucking straight line <laughs> as the ship is a donut ship is rolling towards him i, I checked out run to the film. side charlie's to run you <laughs> stupid bitch run to the side oh god i'm sure we'll cover that one day but that oh. she's the hottest polar, person there is and she was crushed by a in spacecraft <laughs> like what the fuck idiot <laughs> Idiot. Insert uh, meme about the running in a straight line. Sorry. Is it ever Im- implied in like certain cuts <clears throat> of the movie that like Dallas and Ripley kind of have like a <laughs> romantic relationship? You're just wanting that. To- you, no, you- I, yeah. I, I, I swear. You're projecting. Like, yeah. It's either like. Onto it. In, like, some cuts of the movie or, like, in the original script, like, it's implied. Probably. I imagine if it is, it was probably taken out because you'd almost not want to diminish Sigourney. Like, because if there was this overt sexual tension between them, it would kind of make her seem like the tip. Yeah, like I'm in love with him. Oh, I mean, but like to be fair, you're right about she cares the most when he is killed, and yeah. I don't know what cut you guys watched recently. The only version I had on hand was the director's cut. We'll get into like the differences, but there is a specific scene which kind of alludes to what you're saying, where it does oh, seem yeah. like she is. There was something between. We don't know how long they've really been on the trip, or how long they've known each other. Even mm-hmm. that's the thing. Um, last in the cast, we have Balaji Badejo. I have butchered this young man's name. Um, he is the alien. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Did he- didn't uh, Ridley Scott like find him in just a bar or something? Literally found him in a bar in Soho and said, "You're really tall, tall and lanky." Do you want to be in my film? <laughs> Do you want to be in my film about tall people? It's not a fetish film, I swear. It's not Avatar, don't worry. It's. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna paint you blue, okay? But it's for the blue screen. 
worry about it. Don't worry about it. You'll be a 3D! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> this guy has a similar um, career traje- trajectory as, like, Newt from Aliens. But he just so... didn't have one, did he? That was like the, his, yeah, uh, his, yeah. his only screen credit is that. Yeah. I believe. Yeah. He was a graphic artist uh, in London. Oh. Yep, this was his only film role. And he died when he was 39 in 92. Oh, Gone young. I didn't know yeah. he died. No, I know. Everyone dies when it comes to Alien, I'm afraid. <laughs> yeah, like, I wanted to mention him because no one really does. And it's kind of sad. It kind of reminds me of the whole situation with, um, what's his name? He played Jar Jar Binks, the, dan- the oh, you know, dancer. That's even more I felt, sad. You know, that's an extremely sad story. But like... I don't know the story. I don't, we won't go into it because it's pretty... It's I'm not about sure. alien, but I, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure one of our picks will be Phantom. It, it's just that he got relentlessly <laughs> bullied, really, and it, oh, for being Jar Jar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I you mean... said the set photos. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love the. I also love the in-universe ending to Jar Jar. Like after you know, <laughs> the Empire sort of takes over, he basically just becomes a street performer and dies penniless on the streets. Was that <gasps> written into an actual? Book series. Or so, yeah, like, I think mentioned so. somewhere. <laughs> if you ever want to know what happened to Jar Jar. In the middle of <laughs> Imperial Corazon, he's just on the street, smoking Basically. death sticks, <laughs> selling Misa his body dying. for tricks. Annie! Oh, Annie! Uh, and Anakin walks past him in the street, stares at him, and then turns his hood and walks away. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we discuss, like, specifics of the film and all the little scenes we love and, you know, know and shit, got some little bits of trivia. I'm sure you guys might have some other things I don't know. Um, so, O'Bannon's script for this actually started out as Jadorowski's version of Dune. Really? Which... Because I know... I know Ridley no. stole a lot of people from the production when it fell through. Yeah. But his, yeah. So his script yeah. was a Dune adaptation, and then it turned into something completely new and original. Really? Apparently, I was things say, like... Oh, sorry, go on. That's just so completely different. Then, but yeah, the amount of you changes. can get more different. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, It's so strange that... I mean, I would have loved to have seen Jadorowski's Dune, but I don't yeah. think it would have been what anyone wanted it to be. No. It wouldn't. No. It wasn't going to be Dune, and it probably was going to be like a an Elseworldsy kind of of a take on the whole thing. Obviously, the script was reworked, but he was working on Dune, and then it fell through. And he took bits of the script and turned it back into Alien, which he already had the idea for. But oh. it's it's just cool that like mm. that was supposed to be his big break, and then obviously that all got fucked, and he was like, I'm, I'm screwed. So he just decided to shop this around, and luckily. Ridley Scott kind of was a fan of like Dark Star and stuff like that, but um, wow, well, trivia. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we've got some mm, other little fascinating ones. Sorry, Matt, Dune was better. That's the the truest Fuck version off. of that <laughs> book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it might it might be the best one, but we don't know as of yet because I, I feel like Warner Brothers breath. are never going to release <laughs> Villeneuve's no, one. It's never but... going to happen. <laughs> no. He'll just delete it. He'll go onto the system and press. Delete. <laughs> delete systems 32 or 4 or whatever it is. He's just like, yeah, wreck it. Fuck this. Yeah. <laughs> he'll put it into like, he'll have it on like a USB and he'll accidentally put it into his computer and it'll be like, do you want to format this disc? And he'll be like, yeah. <laughs> I I want yeah. to see a version of it where, you know how everyone wants the Call of the Wild, 
Call of the Wild where um, it's they don't put the CGI over the guy who plays the dog. I want like yeah. that for Dune where it, the entire thing is just green screens. Fever dream. We should do. We should actually do a podcast on Dune because I do know bits and well, quite yeah, a bit. I mean, about you're like Dune. the you're the resident like mm. king when it comes to that. And Matt, you I like Dune. Dune. Yeah, I've I've only read yeah. the first book, but yeah. Mm. Oh, the rest yeah. great. The fifth one's the best one, I think. Oh, as a oh, as a connoisseur. Fucking <laughs> oh, <laughs> hell. This is it's very good. Actually, it sounds like I don't want to go off a tangent, but at the moment I am because I know this is a bit of trivia about Dune. Frank Herbert. Um, the way he was actually inspired by another book, which I'm reading at the moment, and it was by this historian called Leslie Blanche. It's called The Sabres of Paradise. Matt, feel and... free to cut this out. <laughs> I'm, <just> like... <laughs> I'm <laughs> already stopping it. recording. Yeah, go it's on. an interesting bit because it, 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 it covers um, a part. It's called The Murid Wars, set in the Caucasus. It's against the Caucasians oh. and Russia in like the 1860s. And against its pits... Like the might of Russia, Imperial Russia, against this holy warrior called Shamil, the, the Imam of Dangistan. Shaquille, what? No, Shamil, the Imam of Dangistan. Shamil. And he's, he's a very. Shamil O'Neill. <laughs> it's a very interesting book. And a lot of, like, all of, so a lot of like the imagery and even the names and the quotations and almost the whole theory behind the Fremen comes from the Caucasians. Like their love of daggers, their love of just all of it. it almost all the imagery does come from. That's 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 the inspiration. A little bit of trivia. No, that's cool. It's really cool when like you kind of you have this idea of like something that's so fantastical, and then you kind of look into the inspirations behind it, and you almost think like, how did that? How did they get this from that? And you can see like little bits of DNA, but you are half the time like, it's like whole. It's like Tolkien with like the the war and stuff, and it's like. You can you can see those patterns, but you're still like, how does this relate to the in-world kind of magic and well, yeah, it's like, Hobbit it's like how, people? Every, basically, every like modern sci-fi thing is like some in one way or another inspired by like Dune and Star Wars. Yeah, but it's yeah. like it's and that and that itself is then inspired by a piece of history. Like yeah. history is always mm. more fantastical and more imaginative than anything of fiction. You think mm. anything in yeah. fiction? is never near as interesting really as something historical. It's because it's just, you know, reality is weirder than fiction in yeah. so many cases. But yeah, very interesting. I mean, even talking about Alien, it's like, this was billed as, or this was pitched as Jaws in Space. Was it? it was, yeah. yeah, and it was, just, you know, they kind of spoke about it of being like, I, I found, so there's a quote which was tacked on to the um the original hard copy of the script that was written and it's i i guess an author or maybe a scientist or theorist called wh orden i don't know if either of you know but the passage was um science fiction plucks from within with uh sorry from within us our deepest fears and hopes then shows them to us in rough disguise i.e the monster and the rocket and it's kind of like the idea of like, Ooh. it gives you the two things, fear and hope. And then it's like, I just like the idea that this was kind of inspired, like on a pure level, it's just about the fear of the unknown kind of thing. Like the same as mm. it's like the things around us we take for granted, but then, you know, literally come back to bite us in the, in the head. But 
or in the penis? Or in the penis. Penis. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, when you pull it down, it's just a fear of the unknown. You take all, you t- take the tarting yeah. away from sci-fi and all that sort mm. of like. Yeah. The, yeah. They say like people who say they're scared of the dark. You're not actually scared of the dark. You're scared mm. of what's in the dark. Yeah. Ooh. 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 Now I'm scared. I'm in the dark right now. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> You're what's, yeah, the thing is, you're the thing that you, people should be scared of in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> I would love, honestly, if I had like a superpower, I would love to like turn invisible or just turn pure would. matte black. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that. I could go out at night and just, I would just hide in someone's corner and just like skulk around. That's pure villainy. Just, that is pure, just voyeurism. <laughs> 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 uh, actually, there's a there's a special. Uh, off topic again, but there's a special paint called um, Vanta Black, and it's yeah. it's it's like the darkest paint you can get because it, <laughs> it it reflects zero point zero one percent of light, and That's it's re- it is and ultra black. And it's like yeah, <laughs> ultra black. The guy <laughs> who made that as well didn't he like patent it so no one else can use it? Mm. Like just a big dick move. <laughs> I mean, his name's Anish Kapoor, he's a contemporary artist, yeah. yeah. But there is other marketable, other things that you can, like, mm. not replicas, Ultra but other things white. the same. <laughs> well, he's also patented a pink, like, they're supposed to be the pinkest pink. But again, pussy, people pussy just... Pink. <laughs> well... <laughs> the pussiest pink. The pussiest pink. The pussiest pink. Oh, alright. Getting back onto it. Let's see, so... Alien has four... The actual Alien has f- about four minutes of screen time. And it doesn't appear until about an hour and a bit in. That's how you do it. Suspense. Yeah, the un- yeah. That's how you do it. That's how you do it, baby. It's what you see, don't see that's scarier. Exactly. And I, and I think that's kind of reflected in the film a little bit later, where what, if you didn't see something, it'd be scarier, because, let's be honest, there are times when perhaps you see it for a second, and it's kind of uh, funny. In fact, it's mm. when it's funny. like clearly all like the rubber fingers like come at you in the <laughs> yeah. vent, and it's just like filled condoms. Like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Um, so this is what I found interesting: is that animatronics were planned to be used for the alien, but because of the budget and because Fox didn't have like enough sort of promise in it, they were like, no, no, no. That's why they got the guy to be in the suit. Which is kind of a shame because you see how they handled like animatronics, even in like a couple of years earlier, like Star Wars. Like they could have made it way scarier in the scenes where it's there in full body, but it is, it still works. It's just it's just. Well, I think was, I kind of think it works better. Animatronics, even nowadays, you can tell even like Baby Yoda, yeah. for instance, mm. good. Yeah. But it's not convincing enough to, you know, to put to beguile the audience. I think it's better using a person. There are there are some scenes though that like I can't defend uh, some scenes because there's some are pretty. (laughs) Um, Like there's one in particular. I mean, everyone I think is in agreement about when it gets blown out of the thruster (laughs) at the end, and it. Yeah, I love that bit though. (laughs) No, I, I love it because it's so like charming but it doesn't hold up in the horror context but luckily by that point you're like okay the alien is basically dead but mm. still yeah, it's fine. I, sh- yeah. I should have a question actually um well for both of you do you think I mean, kind of like how the shining has it's no longer really a, a horror film do you think alien has gone the same way 
that it's no longer really considered a horror film. What's your opinions? Would you class it as a horror film? I don't know if I would nowadays. I I would... I mean, it's still a horror movie, but it's not... um, It's not super scary. Mm. It's it's like a... I mean, it's it's like a science fiction... Thriller? Horror? Because it's a slasher film. Yeah, it's kind of like... The, 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 isn't it? It's well, like isn't Halloween. It kind of... Yeah. Yeah. True. So yeah, I don't know because nowadays the 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 idea of what a horror film is so watered down and diluted into like like the the sci-fi channel original Sharknado two like considered a horror film. It's like mm. not really. I, yeah, I was terrified watching <laughs> Sharknado movies. What because I mean... of Tara, Tara Reed's performance? <laughs> a messed up nose <laughs> coke nose <laughs> that didn't help um, <clears throat> it's funny because I was going to bring this up actually like Billy it's good that you touched on it like like will people still be shown this in school like in film schools and colleges in the same light I mean it's, I'm kind of glad that we're doing this kind of like discussion-y kind of thing because it's like a little time capsule and if anything happens if it there's is, a record yeah. of it yeah yeah mm-hmm. like if the alien it comes out that the alien was predator you know not you know it was like part of the me too movement that we never heard of could it's happen. like could happen it could happen <laughs> but yeah i wonder if people watching it now the problem is the whole viewing experience nowadays is just ruined because i still think many people would find this maybe not it's still terrifying because it's that it's the body horror and it's the potential for me i want to get into this later but the grander theme of it which really freaks me out is the fact that there are things out there that have been around for millennia existing without our knowledge we're not part of it we come into we come in contact with it the fact that the space jockey is like ancient and oh yeah, like, yeah, it's millions of years old. It's fossil. This has been going on, and we've just. Been, this probably happened while we were still in the primordial ooze. That freaks me out more than the actual horror gore of it. But, I mean, you get that? Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like it's scary, like thematically, rather than yeah, what actually happens mm. on screen. Yeah, it's what it doesn't say that you kind of most scared about. What it doesn't show. But we kind of it just must titillate you with this thought. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It does what a lot of great media does is makes you think about it late at mm. night. Like you could lay up thinking of what imagine if you encountered this thing or like there's probably something out there in the universe that is similar to this design like this kind of how it works and how the organism reacts and Totally possible. I mean, if you think yeah. about, you know, mm-hmm. if there's an infinite universe and an infinite <clears throat> multiverse, then, mm. then it's a certainty. But even in that, I mean, pfft, you never know. Yeah, it's possible we're alone in the universe, and we're the first yeah. things to ever actually evolve this far. Yeah. Let's hope, Let's hope not. Let's hope not. The universe be would be far more interesting if it's not just us. Yeah. yeah. But then thinking about it, actually, I had this, I had this kind of thought. I had this kind of thought the other day. I was sitting on a bench, middle of Hyde Park <laughs> in Leeds, as I normally do. Um, I was thinking, in the middle of the night. <laughs> Stalking women. No, wait. Wait for them. Oh. Um, but 
I was thinking that I was thinking, well, if this if we are the only people, the only, you know, sentient life in the universe, then where I am now on this bench looking at, you know, sentient life, this is the most interesting place in the entire universe. Which I thought, if anything, it's quite, it'd be quite depressing thinking of us being the only sentient yeah. life in the universe. But even if, on the flip side, if we are, then we are. And what a cool perspective to look at it. We are, this is the most interesting place there is. Yeah. The, the most interesting. It's the most diverse. The most. Yeah. We are That's the, the thing, only place in the universe in you know, the millions of light years of. That has the, TikTok. That has TikTok yeah. and Fortnite. Yeah, oh, that has yeah. pigeons shitting on your head. Nowhere else exists. <laughs> it doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on the It's pretty bench. amazing. Yeah. That's pretty true. Much. There's actually, I was talking to Matt about a film. I don't know if you've seen it, Billy. There's a film called Ad Astro. No, it's, isn't it got Brad Pitt? Yeah, it's not amazing, but the Sorry. there's a general crux of the film is that things are starting to go to shit, kind of like Interstellar on Earth, where we're going to stuff and humans went out into space. The furthest we got was, I think, beyond Saturn, and things went dark because they went out there to send a beacon out into space, and it was gonna, it was gonna basically define if there was anything else. And then Brad Pitt has to go up there and like track, you know, his father down, um, and bring him back. And there's something that he's doing up there that's causing hell on Earth, kind of thing. Oh. Basically, the point is, there is nothing out there. They find definitive proof that there's nothing, and it's just us. And the film isn't that interesting, but that piece of it is mm, like is... super different for a film. But it's a shame that it's just like that one kind of sentence. But anyway, um, there isn't really much trivia left on this. There's the only other thing I will get into this, but the original ending of the film before Fox changed it because they're sequel hungry monsters. <laughs> um, I don't know if either of you guys know what the original. I actually, I, I, actually, I actually don't know. I have no idea. I didn't, I didn't even know there were alternatives. Mm. So the, it was originally planned that right at the end when Ripley thinks she's safe and obviously then the alien's little arm springs out to like try and grab a titty, she harpoons it just like she does. Mm. But it reaches her, rips the helmet off of her and kills her. Then... The alien is seen sat in the chair and it mimics Dallas's voice from earlier. And it's like signing off, making way, making my way back home. It does like the... <laughs> what? <laughs> There's no... Yeah. What? That's... I'm glad they changed it. That I'm can't... glad they're sequel hungry because that's awful. Yeah, well, that... Yeah. It only makes... It makes sense in... Carpenter's the thing when it mimics all person, yeah. but the alien doesn't mimic life. <laughs> we don't, but we don't, that's the thing though. Like we know that now. But three, whatever. But they had but, no scenes. We, yeah, we've seen how it's that acted. That. So this is the thing where um, that's bad writing. That's what it is. Because <laughs> like, see, I don't know. It's, like, it's when not I... intelligent though. Like it, mm. it's just like a really it's primal an or, organism. Yeah, I feel like. See, I can picture it in my head in a manner that would have been... I don't imagine it's mouth moving or anything. I just imagine this really, like... The little mouth speaks. <laughs> the, that's what I was thinking, yeah. Yeah. Now it's banging off. <laughs> I'll be back in time for dinner, honey. Was <laughs> it space balls with the fucking... Oh, top hat. <laughs> 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 um, 
Well, but yeah, no, well, it's just, changed it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was for the best because we wouldn't have gone mm-hmm. for like aliens and stuff like that, but just interesting. It's interesting, then, yeah. There's one last thing, which is the the famous audience reactions that I feel like everyone has heard the rumors of. This is the thing that audience members were throwing up in the audience in the in the screenings and running out and crying and they had to turn it off. I actually found, and this is from a, the interview that just got released from Yafet Koto, where he was talking about it. Basically, he says, quote, Alan Ladd Jr., the head of the studio, was at a screening and people were running out of the theater in horror. Some of us were outside and we saw people leaving and we thought we had a stinker on our hands. But that's how much the first cut of the film affected people. We found out later that Lad's wife told him to take the film back and recut it because it was just far too much for people. Um, he later says that they cut a lot of scenes in like... So it wasn't the gore that freaked people out. It was that there was way more sequences of unnerving, slow, lingering shots in the Phobia. ship. Yeah. Mm. That's what freaked people out. It wasn't the chest bursting scene. It wasn't any of that. It was just the lingering on stuff. Damn. Which I think is really cool. And apparently the original really cool. three and a half hours long. Has anyone has it ever been released? Nope. Oh, I want to watch Which that is, version. So do yeah, I. We live in a world where Zack Snyder <laughs> can release a <laughs> four hour cut. <laughs> I'm not it's watching it. Justice League. Billy, what? you are. I'm sorry, Billy. I'm you have to watch it. I'm not watching it. Yes, I'm you are. Your contract. You are. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was shit the first time around. It's going to be shit this new cut. I'm telling you. It was it hilarious. Be. It was the best comedy could you... of 2017. It was a good comedy, but what could he possibly add? What could he possibly have in reserve to make Fucking that? Fucking two hours um, worth of content. Yeah, but I bet it's all shit content. No. You don't know. You haven't seen it. <laughs> I don't like passing judgment because I've changed. Uh, before you say anything, Ryan, I don't like passing judgment until I've seen something. But this time, I am passing judgment <laughs> and I'm not watching it. Well, Sorry, you're gonna be gonna, I'm going to I'm gonna drug you and I'm going <laughs> to sit you down in a chair like Clockwork. Yeah, I'm going to say like Clockwork. Gonna gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have God. to see Cyborg say Booyah about 15 pounds. <laughs> 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 he actually it's says it 15 hours. times throughout the movie. <laughs> Oh god! And Batman I'm putting on his think... little goggles. <laughs> <laughs> his back so goggles. It's showtime. Oh, showtime. Oh god! Oh man! All right. Uh, all right. Okay. So that was all the trivia. Um, I want to talk trivia. about. We've got the. I've got the tagline. So obviously everyone knows the original tagline. In space, no one can hear you scream. Classic. There you go, baby. Yeah. Beautiful. In space, no one can hear you cream. Is is another one. That I... That's a porno version. That was the, I was gonna say that's the porn version. <laughs> <laughs> if it sick, isn't a porn, it has horny to... weaver. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that's a good one. Thank you. Uh... I was I, I forgot to message you guys, but I want to do this thing where we each give our own tagline or synopsis for the film. But I forgot to kind of message it. Oh. Okay. I came up a really shit one, and it was like six a.m. in the morning. I, I thought of it. This is really bad. It sounds more like a joke. Two girls, four guys, an android, and an alien walk into a bar. The alien proceeds to fuck them. Sounds more like a porno, but well, I kind of enjoy it. <laughs> that's, a ta- that's, that's, a, that's a really it's long tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be a poster. That's probably one of the best. I mean, Taglines ever. Yeah. It's clearly, so good. they ripped yeah. off of um, Jaws. You know, oh, yeah. yeah. Of, you won't be going, you know, don't go back in the water kind of thing. But 
it's funny. I watched the original first trailer for Alien that ever came out, and it's a fucking fever dream, I'll tell you. <laughs> it's just wild, out-of-context shots of, like, all the see-through white liquid flying out of people and thing. <laughs> and really? it gets in right near the end of the trailer, just to entice you even more. The shot of Sigourney Weaver's ass. Nice. To the suit at the end. Nice. Sexos, baby. Sexos! Mm. They it does like the alien. Which is well, I'm glad they what? don't, because nowadays, yeah. trailers oh, are the things. Everything. That's what I'm talking because obviously I like movies, but I don't want to watch trailers because most they give away a lot of the film. Yeah. I don't like going in completely yeah. blind. It's so much. It's so much such a better experience going completely blind, yeah. no expectations, yeah. and you're hit with it. <clears throat> so why are you being so down on the Snyder Cut? No, because look, okay, I'm not going to but I reckon I can predict how it's going to be shit. Okay, <laughs> it is. I, I don't know. Tra- oh, that, watch that. Hours. Watch that final. It's four hours. Watch that final four trailer. Hours. Four hours, twenty-two minutes. Are you joking? No. no. Oh my god, the one of the longest films. Actually, I haven't watched it because it was so long. This is filmed by Andrea Tarkovsky, yeah. and it's Andrew Rublev about this Russian artist. That was four hours. I didn't yeah. watch it. But this is longer. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's, oh God, it's longer than Lord of the Rings. Not all of them, mm-hmm. but... Oh, I'm not watching it. I'm not watching it. You are watching it. Okay. I'm not watching yeah, it. I, mean... I thought it was three and a half hours, not... No, oh, no, sorry. No, no, no. sorry to burst your bubble. Right. That's ridiculous. <clears throat> so that's taken us about an hour and a bit just to get in through yep. the- General, general, general knowledge. And, and <laughs> talking about fucking just, we just talk Zack about Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you can bring up June and Frank Herbert as much as we can bring up Hey, Snyder. I didn't bring Justice them up. League. You brought them up. You brought Joe Yeah, but you talked about them all. Moving on, guys. I did, I did. Because I always wanted to say that bit of trivia. We're allowed to talk about Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the... Okay, fair enough. <laughs> right. All right, gang. I want to... I, I want to know your first memories, like your first encounter with the film. Um, like Billy, what was, I, I want to kind of you know, get to know how this is you actually, came across it. And stuff. Well, this is actually, you just reminded me of part, like a, a little bit of a childhood memory that I haven't thought about. That's for what ages. I'm here to do, baby. That's what, <laughs> <laughs> so actually, it's one of my earliest cinema experiences. Not cinema, um, Ooh, like cinema. Cinema, <laughs> film Whoa. experiences. Film experiences, Billy, how old cinema. are you? I'm 45. No. Uh, even actually, wouldn't even be old enough then. No. It's 1979. Okay, I'm 65. No, so I was a young kid. I must have been four. No, I must have been five or six. And my older brother, who's eight years older, he was watching it downstairs. And so I came downstairs and I started watching it with him because we now and again watch films together. And I remember it, this film scarred me because I came down, I was watching it, and then the, the chest burst scene happened. And I had to go back upstairs because I hated it. It was terrifying. And so for, for, like, for like 15 years, I stayed away from the film because I just didn't like it. Because I, I still like had those sort of unnerving things about it. Oh my God. What made, you, what made you like, do you remember when you rewatched it as like a fully brained uh, adult? I can't. I think I, was, I think I actually saw, after I think I saw Aliens as an adult. And then I went back and watched Alien. I can't yeah. remember the exact moment, but I just remember thinking it's just so more... Like, Aliens is a great film, mm. great action film, but this one just had the, that more... Just, it, more thought behind it, more nuances, more 
subtlety, which I love. Mm -hmm. Filming nowadays doesn't have much subtlety, but it, it was quite mm -hmm. subtle in its the way it showed the alien. Yeah, where it didn't, it just it told you it was it kind of told you it was scary, but without showing what was you were scared of, which I liked. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, cool. yeah. There you go. This brought a little flashback oh, to you. It has, yeah. I haven't thought about it for ages. Oh, yeah. total of all the films, of all the films that scare me, Alien yeah. was the one. As a uh, child, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you saw it last night. <laughs> Matt? Um, but, uh, the, the first time I saw Alien, I was, I'm trying to think how old I would have been. Probably like 11 or 12 or something. Hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I remember every, pretty much every year, our mum, uh, let me stay off of school on sports day. Wait, what the fuck? I hated sports day. So it's um, Ryan, but he had to go in. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Why did I know this? <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to add mum to the Discord chat. <laughs> <laughs> I just didn't like it, so she would usually let me stay off school, and I just remember looking through like some of your movies, how, <laughs> like your, uh -oh. you had some uh -oh. movies. Yeah. <laughs> Housewife um, Bangers 15. I, <laughs> like your Sluts 9, yeah. <laughs> I try to think, it was, I, I ended up watching Alien, but the other one I could have watched was, uh, it was like, it was just Big some Daddy's. really oh. dark, weird thing, like, um. Oh, I fucking not quarantine. What's it called? Um, Wreck. No. Yeah, like the the Spanish is it Spanish oh. original? The Descent. I I can't remember Pitch what Black. it's called. No. Oh, no. oh Vin. <laughs> Great film. It's I would recognize it if I saw like the case for it, but I can't think. Mm. Anyway, so I no, I, I watched this film. Yeah, this no, is gonna bug me now. Move on, this is gonna bug me. Um, sorry. Oh, I'm trying to remember where my what my films were planned. Wait, I had my films <laughs> planned, organized. Did you really? You yeah. God, I've never. Ugh. Yellow. Oh, it was yellow. Uh, it was called Evolution. Oh my God! <laughs> I think. Oh my God! I, I actually think it. it wait, hold on. No way. Yeah. Is it got? Free, is it the smiley face with three eyes? Yes. Yeah. That was like. The... Yes. Oh, oh my God. Are you joking? I can't that, is, that is that. it. This is what we do here, baby. Wait, I, I have to look this up. <laughs> Evolution. We bring back memories. <laughs> I love evolution. I fuck. I love evolution. We should talk about that. I haven't. I was obsessed with that film. Mm. It's great. Sean William mm. Scott. Oh, oh my god. god. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's it. <laughs> great film. What a great comedy. Uh, but anyway, I yeah, I ended up watching uh, the first two. I, I watched the first one. I was like, whoa, that was weird and i didn't know why but i I liked it even though it scared me mm. then i watched the second one i i enjoyed it even more and i was like oh my god there, and there's there's two more oh my god i watched the third one and i turned it off like halfway through <laughs> i have to confess i've never i've never actually seen the third one or the fourth one never seen them because i thought they were away i don't want it to ruin my they... love of the rest I would love to do a retrospective watch of Alien 3 because I actually think it's a good film. I think it's okay. I, 4 is a clusterfuck. Now, watching it now, I think it's good. I think they had some cool ideas, but it... Yeah. It just... It got fucked by the studio. Like, yeah. it was no one's fault other than the studio. This was, like, the first big example. Yeah. 
And it was Fox, obviously. Yeah, such a mess. But, but yeah, for me, like, I think this must have been... I used to go and stay with my real dad up in um, Wales in, like, an old mining town. So that was already creepy, yeah. Um, We actually used to stay in a house, and next door, I know I've told you guys, but they used to live a family of midgets, and they'd only come out at night. To live... (laughs) Anyway, so that, that happened. <laughs> um, but I remember my granddad m- was watching Aliens, and it was the scene where they're all coming through the vents uh, at the top of the grate. You know, when they're like, they're in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, You're not reading it right. You're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's reading right or right. You're not reading it right. Yeah, I love exactly. it. Oh. Um, and I saw that, and I was, I was just like, all I had was that brief shot of when Hicks raises the grate up. Yeah, and all you can hear is a ding, oh, ding, yeah. ding, ding, and then the, and he, when he looks, sees them, and that, yeah. and that big, like, violin, ding, yep. and he drops down. Yeah, great. Oh, that, that's all I saw, because I ran upstairs and probably cried. Yeah. But I was obsessed with it, and obviously, you're that young, you don't know what it is. It's not like I was going to ask, what was that film, because I shouldn't have been watching it anyway. And then, I remember seeing a poster for the re-release in i think 2002 2003 in the cinemas i think i must have gone to go see like um, nutty professor 2 or something but um love that movie <laughs> good film it's good film that's <laughs> a good movie and i was like and i remember even back then when i must have been like know, eight maybe not even seven and i was like i know what it is now and i went i wouldn't shut up about this film to every family member because I almost acted like I'd seen it because I wanted like mom or someone to buy it for me. But then I realized it was an 18 and stuff. And then massive. And the whole quadrilogy was up. Uh, someone was selling it. And it was like the, the 25th or 30th anniversary edition. And I begged and cried for mom to get it for me. And then I got it, and obviously watched the whole like the whole thing in like the entire day. And like I watched it, so I watched it like Alien, Alien. I was obsessed, and I was like for years at like car boot sales. There was a guy I remember who was selling a massive Queen Alien statue nice. that was like the size of my computer monitor, and I bought it with like pocket money. It was like eight pounds or something. And I had that. I had like Norway. I had the dog alien from Alien Three. Like I had a lot of like fanboy mm, collector stuff. Mm, <clears throat> and I remember watching like all the different versions I could find because the disc I had the original and then Ridley Scott's director's cut, uh, another kind of cut, and like they all had distinctive um, like commentary as well. And I, I just used to listen to the whole thing all the time, like watch the whole film. And even though, even like I've seen this film probably maybe in my life, and like even though even watching it the other day, I still notice new things. It's it's insane. But yeah, that was a nice little. Mm-hmm. I liked to get an insight into each one, each of our like experiences with the same history, film. Mm. Mm. and it all starts with intrigue and fear. It does I mean now yeah. I think about it? And maybe it is still a horror film, but again, I was a kid. But yeah, yeah. 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 It's just a, it's a scary film. Now I think about it. it is. I mean, I wouldn't show this to my four-year-old. 
Although no, I'm it's Fortnite, so. That's scary enough. Fortnite. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, my kid um, will watch Alien before they play Fortnite. Yeah, just to <laughs> ease them into Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, the true horrors. <laughs> oh. So, what do you guys, after watching it recently, um, what do you think of it? Like, we haven't even spoken about our actual impressions of the film. Hmm. Even now. Does anyone else want to start? Oh. There you go, that's my critical analysis. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Am I um, wrong to, to say, or to think, I swear I read this somewhere, that it was one of the first films, if not the first film, to break that barrier from low-budget, B-movie, sci-fi, into almost like a blockbuster science fiction. Was it the first one? Or am I thinking of something else? Or am I thinking of Star Wars? I think I might be thinking of Star Wars. I don't know, because... It's funny, because this came from an era when, like, sci-fi was seen as one of the worst things you can watch. Just crap. It was, like, that early era of everything looked cheesy and cheap and brand new and sparkling. Then when Star Wars came along... That was like, obviously, if you actually think about it, Star Wars was a, a really gritty universe. It was forces of you know, good and evil on a more like granular level. Mm. The kind of sins of the father stuff. Like it had this really gritty aesthetic and everything was dusty and grimy. And it was all about rogues and stuff. And then that kind of set the new, because all, all they had really before that was like the Daily Earth still and all those kind of more classic B-movie kind of tropes Mm. yeah i did find um a thing that referenced this film by saying that it was a b-movie script but it had a-tier icing they shot it like it was an a-class movie even though they didn't change the script and thought it was like a b-movie plot and the funny thing is if they went into this without trying to excel like, instead of trying to push it beyond that, it would have mm. ended up probably a really shit B-movie. Just so mm. discarded to the, the slag heap yeah. of B-movies, yeah. Yeah. See, it's interesting. Yeah. When they, how did, I suppose the question is, how did they shoot it? How do, how do you... That's always a question that I'm always intrigued by. How do you... Because obviously the, the core material of the script, the screenplay and stuff, it doesn't normally change that much when you go into production because it's normally set in stone. And then you, but how do you shoot something A-class and... Why don't more people do it? Is it is it's expensive to shoot something in a certain way? I mean, I don't even know. How do you do that? It, partly it's just the talent behind it, I think. Like, actually mm. planning mm. out and blocking scenes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Well, I read a, um article about the cin- the cinematographer was brought on. Um, he had only done advertising stuff, like, with Ridley. Um, he had only had experience in shooting with, like, a lot of light on the set because of the adverts you want to you know that's half of yeah. what it was whereas with this because of the tone of it he was like he basically says that he had no idea what he was going to do he you know they had to shoot super low light uh, which ended up working to the benefit they were shooting on animal mm. so every scene had to be blocked super tight because any of the lights i mean you notice anyway there's a lot of the animal lens flares going on but he had to shoot everything super confined. He wasn't used to it. The sets would get super hot. But basically, it was like everything was practical. They would recycle stuff 
from sets around them. One of the guys went out, I think it was the set designer who worked with HR Geiger, ran around the, the studio lots and literally nicked scrap metal and used that into the sets and stuff like that. And then like, it's funny because when you look on the external stuff in some of the scenes, you can really see what they were doing. Like the the main interior stuff when they're walking down like the the gr the grated hallways and it's like heck it's like a hexagon kind of shape there's light coming in from either side and it looks like the interior of the ship and the lights and stuff when you look closely you can tell it's just lights with paper and spin put over the lights you can see them and you can see them rattling around and being moved as they're shooting the scenes so it is just like, I guess it was just like engineering. It was, it was whatever they could find and then shooting everything concise. It's really, it's crazy because it's nothing like, you're right. It's nothing like how films get done today, but there was so much passion behind it. Um, like even some of the shots where it's like super, you know, the opening shot of going through the ship, it's like a dolly on a track. The funny thing is it's shaking like mad. If you, at least on the director's cut, like it's not stable, it's rattling around as it goes on the grates, and there's like a bit of friction you can tell on the camera movement. And you wouldn't get that now, obviously. So you, you get fired if you're a yeah. yeah. But it adds to you get, yeah. it's not perfect. Mm. Oh. And that's because the guy didn't know what to do, and he was like, well, it, they had to work on the fly, and then like the handheld stuff. Ridley Scott did all himself. All the stuff with like Ripley at the end running around and stuff was all him. Oh. They just, it seemed like they were all, none of them were masters of their craft, but they all learned from each other, mm. which is insane. Yeah. I suppose that's probably the, the thing that probably comes across through like the lens. You can tell someone when someone's passionate about something, even if it, sounds, it almost sounds nonsensical because it's just a camera, but you obviously you can't, there is a, a personality behind the shots i mean everyone will shoot something differently so if you and you, if you yeah. love something or you know you if you like something that will come across yeah yeah but i think in this movie as well i like a lot of just really scott as a director at this point he didn't seem like pretentious or up his own ass no. he just shot everything to do justice to the script yeah <clears throat> which i think he later kind of fucks up, but that's more yeah. because of his writing. But... Well, that's the thing. He's um, I mean, he's an incredible artist. I don't know if you see like behind the scenes stuff of any film he does. He starts and he brings the people into the room that he's close, you know, producers and set designers, and the whole room is just covered with all of his drawings of every single shot and everything, and they're really good. So you already have the the atmosphere and the aesthetic, and then it's like you have Geiger being brought on, who was like the initial yeah. inspiration for everything. And it's like, it just all works. And you're right, like Ridley Scott, I mean, he's still one of the best directors, but like, obviously, he now seems to be churning out more quantity than quality, but... It's always a bad move when that happens. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose it's... I mean, he's getting on, I suppose. I imagine he just wants to churn them out, but... It's a shame. Yeah. You can tell when someone takes a long time, like Kubrick yeah. took. Sometimes his, his pre-production was legendary for how long it took, like yeah. years and years. Yeah. And sometimes it didn't even get made. Like it's Napoleon. Fuck me, I got the book yeah. on it. And it's, it's so much. Yeah. So much research went into it. 
And you can always tell that from a film. But it's a shame that they brush it. It's funny. It's almost like sometimes with films, you're like, you almost are glad it didn't come out because you read into it, especially, yeah, yeah. I mean, Kubrick's Napoleon. I mean, Jesus Christ. It reminds yeah. me of, um, I mean, it's like Terry Gilliam trying to do Don Quixote as well. Like that was like, that went through and failed like 18 times. And the the most famous thing that came from it is the documentary about making Don Quixote. Hilarious. I haven't seen that. I don't watch that. Yeah, it's really, it's really fascinating because it literally is like, the behind the scenes footage while they were filming the film and it just never got made and it got like redone like 10 years later then it didn't it's 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 nuts but this was like everyone was in on it they just went for it like it's just i don't know and they weren't necessarily going out there to change the stereotype cheesy sci-fi stuff star trek at that point they were just clearly trying to make a grounded kind of horror mm-hmm movie a good film i suppose yeah, yeah. which is it sounds, it sounds it sounds a bit stupid but saying that but sometimes people plus by making films don't really have that in mind yeah i mean and then you can kind of it kind of shows in the end product but if you just go in trying to make a good film then really i mean there's no reason why you can't mm. yeah so because many if, you know so many people do that when they try and make a movie they want to be uh like known as like this amazing like art artsy director or whatever mm. it's like no one actually cares about that when they're watching it they just want to watch, watch a good film yeah and if you all that, all that stupid shit about yeah you, you pay attention to the wrong thing but really it's the film if you make sure you try and make a good film that you believe in that you want to make there's no reason why you can't make one or can't make it good yeah you know what i mean and that's the thing like there's definitely there are still some things in the film that on a, on a multiple watches, you, you kind of, you can see that perhaps they were limited in shooting a specific scene. There's one, there's one cut that is always jarring to me. And I always think like, surely they must have had extra footage to just splice over it. And it's when they essentially immobilize um, Ash and then they put his decapitated head on the table and then it swaps in the same cut to his actual head, then poking through a hole in the table. And I'm like, did you not have just a reaction shot of some cut to, then cut back, and then it's the real him? Because it's just it just happened, and it's hilarious. Yeah, like it. I know the scene you're talking about. It's like so clear. It's actually mm. quite quick, but it's so obvious. <laughs> So that's funny continuity as I mean, there's no continuity here. Right? No the scene before it, the chest burst it comes out. No Yafet Koto. There's a scene where <laughs> the audio is him speaking, but the yeah. visual is him just eating. <laughs> and then it cuts to, then it cuts to the bit where and he goes like, Oh he doesn't like the food either and then it happens. Doesn't it also doesn't he repeat that line? I think it's like, it's, I think like it's the same audio, I think, or something, yeah. <laughs> funny. Uh, maybe he was the alien all along. oh man it is stuff like that though that like makes it more endearing when you watch it as well it's not like a perfect i mean you think i I was trying to think of films that are like this that have been made today like our time and i think of stuff like um like robert eggers like the witch like his proper first debut and it's like here is a super simple script well 
not simple in terms of dialogue. I mean that film. Yeah. Oh my god. It's uh, it's, yeah, it's a bit it's laborious a little bit. It's a little bit hard. It's a little bit hard. Yeah. To... But like super simple. It has mm. a start and end. It's about. It's not too long. And it just does what it sets out to do, and the budget wasn't incredible. It's like, this is what this was doing back then, and it's just like, I don't know. It's just really cool. Like, and it's funny because you can watch this film as just or a sci-fi slasher film. You're in and you're out. You might not think about it too much after, depending on who you are. But then you can also look at this film in about a billion different ways in terms of subtext and like the themes that are in it that we'll probably get into. But it's like. There's just a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to kind of... Did you... I know there's a lot that gets said about it now, but, like, what kind of themes did you guys sort of pick up on, whether it's, like, the the characters, like, how they will kind of interact, or the world itself, or the, the kind of nature of the creature, and, or whatever. Like, was there anything that kind of stuck out to you? Or... Um. I mean, we sort of talked about it a bit earlier, but definitely, like, the kind of classist stuff, yeah. like the blue-collar workers and... Mm. You know, that is good. I mean, not... it, that's one of those more humanising bits about it. That's what yeah. I kind of like. Cause it's almost more relatable because it uses the sort of, yeah. you know, relatable themes. It takes it from a science fiction. Because always, you know, science fiction always is slightly abstract, yeah. isn't it, really? Because it's always set in the un-too-distant future or whatever. But yeah, that's, that's a good little touch. Yeah, it makes it more human. It brings it sort of back to earth a little bit you know when you're, mm. you've got a movie set yeah. out in space but they still have the same concerns like am yeah. i gonna get a bonus for this yeah am exactly. i gonna get paid for this mm. so i don't i don't care if the exhaust thrusters are you know not completely up to code i care if my man's gonna you know get his paycheck, get his bonus. Get his paycheck. yeah and he never does he gets good <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah you can even sort of go a bit further into that with like you know, the stuff with Ash and sort of him putting, the company putting, you know, this yeah. product or this possible product ahead of the lives of its employees and all that. Yeah, that is very relatable. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Is it, is it obvious that, like, Wayland Yutani were, like, I know it, it comes across like they don't give a shit whether... I know it says, like, all other things rescinded, crew expendable, but it's not like it says to Ash, kill them off, let them die kind of thing. Hmm. And it's that weird kind of thing where you're like, well, did the company either, A, expect this to be a hostile thing, and then, like, would they have allowed it to go on a rampage? You learn in Aliens that, yeah... They wouldn't. Mm. Yeah. But Ash's directive is all he can do. It's all he cares about. It's not like maybe if they had said something like if it didn't say crew expendable, but it's not like he I mean he goes out to kill Ripley. And it's like that wasn't in the directive. I don't know I still don't know to this day if like they would have wanted that in the in a sense. I, it's one I of those weird corporate subtle like context or subcontext where it's they don't they don't want him they, they don't they, 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 they're expendable and they don't they don't really care either way it's one of those things where they survive they survive but they don't they're doing the bad thing is they don't care if they die as well i suppose 
they can write them off with tax kind of thing. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. expendability yeah. i think it's more interesting whether like so oh yeah obviously with ash being out know, the android whatever you want to call them it like does he have that level of intelligence to comprehend like mm. you know what he's doing or i like that it kind of leaves that stuff sort of out in the op- open of like interpretation Actually, I was just thinking as well, now that I think about it, his performance as an android, now that I think about it, compared to all the other androids in all the other films, the Ex Machina, um, name them, I think his performance is actually the best, because you don't know, obviously, that he was one, you know, an android until yeah. the milk yeah. starts pouring. <laughs> I think, because a lot of times, it's always, <laughs> even like Mr. Fastbender, you already know he's going to be an android, and it's a great performance, but it's not really. If you were making, yeah. if you're going to make an android, you don't want the world to know they're androids. Yeah, yeah, that's true. In a sense, because it defeats the purpose. But, it even mentioned in the films, and I think in the second one or one of them, yeah. I, I'm made to look like you just because you, you're more comfortable you with. Feel more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Actually, yeah. That's the. So now um, I think about it. And that's why, like, the whole the the way that Ash Ash's like arc ends is even more like scary than the alien. Mm. the fact that he's like he is an android he's given them what he was directed to do but the fact that he ends it with something so human where he's like he knows what he's doing he's taunting them and he's like i won't lie about your chances but you have my sympathies like mm. a bitch move yeah yeah you are like he's an android fine like but that little stinger is, is kind of nuts even the way he goes mad is it's yeah. scary. His weird malfunction, the milk coming out of his mouth. It's just, it's just, yeah. It is just, it, it, that is scary as well. And that little, he does, when she hits him. The little it, noise. It yeah, and, the, and it drips down his boss's brow. And he tilts his head like, yeah. up. Mm. Oh. It's, this, I know we're going to get into this as well, but like all these over kind of sexual themes that probably come from Geiger. And like the kind of male domination of the creature itself and the kind of this weird perversion, like body horror stuff. But there's, I've always tried to find what the context is for the fact that Ash, when Ripley is choking, like she's already hurt on the ground in that little um, kind of area in the room. There's all the magazine stuff and all the like lewd naked women that Brett and Parker obviously had up. And he stares at it for ages before he mm. decides to wrap up the magazine and associate her. And I looked into it, and apparently it was that he's trying to mimic... He wants that domination still over her. Because that's what he's seen Brett and Parker and these people kind of act with one another. There's even a joking to Lambert when they had dinner just before the chestburster scene. Um, he says something like about, oh, I'd like something that tastes better. And he j- joking about her, basically. And Ash is watching them. It's this really weird, like, yeah, he's just trying to murder her. And also, by doing it this way, there's no evidence that he placed his hands on her. There's no choking thing. So if he didn't get found by Parker and Lambert, they wouldn't have known. He could have just said she was killed by the alien or whatever. Mm. But there is this over kind of... this 
harsh sexual like aggression to it. I don't know if you guys have anything on that. Like, I don't know. Really pick up on that. I mean, I've sort of I've always heard like that stuff about the alien movies and like the weird rapey side of it. Mm. But I've I don't know. I've never really like when watching the mo- them like thought too much about it. No. I guess you could. I guess purists or whatever could look into it. I mean, I'm sure a lot of SJW this film now. We would never see a sequel to this film if it came out now, but it's like... But then you could also look at it like, if you want to get SJW about it, like (laughs) the fact that they go to this alien's planet, uh, basically fucking steal their shit and then kill them. Yeah, that's a good point. I've never thought about like that side of it, like nature kind of fighting back in a way, like... And the th- it's just, I guess it's because of how intimate the whole ordeal is. Like, the fact that this thing has a little penis vagina that comes out of it and it inseminates into your throat. <laughs> and yeah. plants an egg yeah. into your belly and chest. And it's like, and it's all slimy and gross. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but... The- the one thing that like nice. <laughs> oh yeah baby <laughs> that's one of the scary things about it because it's it's the intimacy of it all that is yeah. i can't think of anything more yeah it's not like it's horrifying. just killing you it's it's like no, shoving it's... stuff down your throat inseminating you yeah. as a guy it's 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 yeah it's not it's, it's never a, well it's not scary. we don't really do that it's always the other way around i suppose exactly that's i guess that's that's one of the things isn't it it's like yeah, yeah it's a man being impregnated yeah and the repercussions of it, and even, I don't know, it's just, it's just, the the funny thing is, is that Kane should have been so glad to go out how he did, because from then on, everyone understands that if this thing latches onto your face, this is what's going to happen to you. He didn't mm. know that. No. Yeah. So, he went out like a boss, like, well done him. <laughs> good for you <laughs> yeah but then he didn't know that like I don't know better to not know I guess, I guess so. yeah he just is bliss no. he's just there eating his terrible looking stale cornflakes yeah. <laughs> I love how Parker's just like clearly there is something fucking wrong with this man he's not just choking he's, just... he's having like an aneurysm and Parker's like heh <laughs> <laughs> he was the food hey, what's going on? Wait, wait. Does he like even yeah. grab his like bowl of food or whatever it is? He's like, yeah. let me get my shit. <laughs> well, he's not getting that. He's he's not getting the shares. Is he's he not getting his, his full shares. He's only getting half shares. <laughs> um, what about the chest bursting scene? Like, obviously, I feel like Alien has a bunch of really memorable scenes. I know everyone brings chest bursts. But I feel like it has quite a few iconic moments. But obviously, the chest person scene is like the that's the yeah. one. See, does I it still th- resonate with you? I think there are more like scenes in it that are like more iconic, like the yeah. scene in the vent uh, at the yeah. end on the escape pod, or mm. even Brett getting killed. Yeah, when like it com- comes down through like oh, the chains yeah. and stuff. Oh. Oh, the so chain cool. bit's so cool in the light. Yeah, yeah. it's a good scene. 
the dripping of water you can hear in the back. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. But um, yeah, I like. Yeah, it, it is funny. I think the, the chestbuster scene is so like, that it is almost like diminishing returns every time you watch it. It still makes me tense every time when they're just sat there talking because it does the whole the Spielbergian thing. And I know, Matt, I've spoken to you about this, this idea of most scripts nowadays, unless they're from good directors and writers, it's so like, I'm going to say my line and then I'm going to say my line. No, I'm yeah. going to say my line. Whereas this era was so like people just talking over each other. They're talking, they're yelling yeah. over each other. like Because you're not meant to hear it. You're just this abstract otherworldly viewer. They're, they've known each other for years. Like we're just listening. And it just happens. I think that's so like that's why it really hits. I think, yeah. but I, th I think it's so great as well because it it's so just like matter of fact. It's not like yeah. they don't get like a, a amazingly like classy like straight shot of from top mm. down of it going on. It's all like really messy. It like goes mm. all over the table, knocks shit out the way. <laughs> <laughs> like... I love the bit where it like breaks through the blood all comes up and they all stand back for like a breath hmm. and then he starts freaking out again and then they go back <sighs> in. yeah it's that that yeah. sudden almost like the calm before that storm like it happens yeah. and then it's like shit something serious is happening and then they go back into trying to help him and then you have this yeah. hilarious little run out and it's like <laughs> <laughs> i yeah, love i that's... love that i uh, i think I <laughs> I don't like how it skirts itself across the no. table. No. <laughs> I think they should have, if anything, just shown... Not, not, don't show it. Just show what it affects. Like, if it knocks over a bit of table or a bit of chair or something, just show that. I wouldn't have, sh I wouldn't have shown just because yeah. it's a bit shit. Yeah, but I, I, I don't know how you could communicate that super well, though, if you didn't <clears throat> show it. Well, I, you, you... I think you'd have the scene where, obviously, a burst out of you, its face all bloodied and... Mm. They're looking at it and then dies or whatever. But after that, try. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I, I suppose that's true. As long as you see it come out of the chest, you're like, okay. Yeah, I get this. So you see it and then you're kind of gratified. You see like the scary thing. Then the shot, if the I imagine if the shot was then behind him or the crowd, you see the crowd move and then you obviously that insinuates that it's running. It's on the floor. I don't know. It's yeah. Gone. yeah, yeah. I suppose at the time they thought it looked fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's seventy nine, isn't it? So it probably was quite good back then. <laughs> do, you, do you guys um do you like the stuff with the face hugger, like how that's done? Because that's like one of my favorite bits in the movie. How um, yeah, when they like mm. what well, you know when they crack the mask or the helmet oh, off yeah. of, uh, Kane's head, <clears throat> and it's really yeah. satisfying. And then it shows it, and the tail like yeah wraps a little oh, bit how tighter. it wraps around. Mm -hmm. It's like that's so effective, and like literally, they just pulled it with a string. Like it's it's not yeah. complicated. So the it's always like the 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 easiest and almost again it sounds a bit weird, but a weird um comparison. Oh, but no, in no in Saving Private Ryan, Steven Spielberg. Yeah. No, they they were gonna at one point. No, like the beach scene or Omaha Beach, and like the bullets hitting the sand. That wasn't done yeah. with CGI, even though they could do it. But it's even like the the practical effects where it was just a piece of wood that you step on that knocks a bit, another bit of sand closer that you still use it because it's the best it looks the most visually authentic yeah, that's, that's what cool. i like just the simple simple bits mm. and the fact that like when they dissect the face 
it's made up of like shellfish and like a sheep's liver and mm. and it it looks it's funny because even though it's an alien being it has traits that resonate with humans mm. yeah which is even worse in a way and it's like even the alien is it's mechanical but also like a, it looks like a it's made of condoms and shit right biomechanical yeah mm anthropomorphic it's almost human and it's yeah yeah it's funny because like again leaving the things to your imagination where it can be a detriment like later on and they go into the in alien 3 they specifically kind of talk about how the alien organism uh, takes traits from the host so it comes out of humans it looks oh, like it's yeah. eight feet tall and it's a very humanoid but in alien 3 for example it comes out of a dog in one version of the cut and it's the this like running around dog alien but in the other cut they were going to have it come out of an ox and it would have been much more bulkier run like a bull kind of thing yeah. that's cool well, didn't, didn't they have a bunch of designs for that to show what it would look like coming out of you know these other creatures and different animals mm. and stuff yeah it's, it's like really cool i don't want to interrupt boys but my phone is on two percent i have a speaker <laughs> but it, it might be really it's going to go from good audio to Poor audio. What do you um? <laughs> you know, what, yeah. we could always. I mean, there isn't. I suppose we still have quite a bit to cover, just in terms of plot and things that happen and shit. We but could we... always come back to it. Yeah. This could be a part part Uno. Yeah, and we've nearly been here for two hours. So. Yeah. So sorry. I mean, my phone was on like. That's fine, Billy. Look, you don't, you don't care about us. That's fine. You're letting this <laughs> I do. Down, mate. You're letting it go. I can on. show you the audio difference. If I don't you give a shit. To. You're a liar. No, I'm not. Because I don't want I'm to. I'm sending you. I'm sending you your your pre-ticket. Zack Snyder's Justice League. No. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. All right, well, anyone listening, thanks for listening this far. This is going to be part one. Sorry for ruining the fun, the yeah. listeners. listeners. Yeah, you, so I mean... you should be. Come on. That's right. Um, I'm getting a bit thirsty anyway. I could do some... Mm. Some mummy milky. <sighs> some mother's milk. <laughs> That's how you sign off. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thanks for uh, joining us, uh, Trib Tolly. Toil. Trib Toil. You're very welcome. Yeah. Um, our first, come back to our this. first guest. I'm so, I'm so excited. I'm on it. Thank oh. you very much, boys. I mean, obviously, I'll be back for part two. Yeah. And my phone won't die. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, yeah, and we'll be back for part two one day. Nice. <laughs>